Mic check, one, two. Tom, use your word. Hey, you. That's original freedom. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Original Freedom Podcast. Uh, sitting here with Tom Spooner. I'm Nate Horgan. Uh, Scott is off for the week, out enjoying California. Coming to you for this this episode, you know, on a special time for, for really everybody in our country as far as Veterans Day and, and kind of around the weekend and leading up to it. And uh, I know that it's, you know, for this particular opportunity to sit and talk with you guys, it's definitely something that Tom wanted the opportunity to spend some more time talking around post-traumatic stress and uh, is very, is well versed and has a ton of knowledge and has helped a ton of people, um, you know, that, that suffer from post-traumatic stress. And, uh, even like over, even over the years of, of learning more about it and, you know, your brother, Scott and you, you know, have become, um, pretty popular about, or, or for, you know, raising awareness. Right on the subject five close to six years ago and then you know having helped a number of people since then and having uh even i i I think learned even more about it you know since then but in talking with you it's been awesome to hear the amount of work that you're you've put into understanding it what goes into it and and really how to um combat it for those that may not you know have gone back and, and followed you guys through you guys' NRA piece, right. which I'd recommend everyone going and checking it out, um, you know, through uh, NRA.org, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, Patriot Profiles Patriot. Yeah. is where you find it. And then uh, the name of it uh, with Scott and I is called Forward March. Forward March, right, yeah. right. Yeah, definitely an awesome piece, about 20 minutes or so that really – uh, was kind of one of the first things to really oh, yeah. drive awareness. Yeah, so our message back then was uh, was mainly the awareness piece, <laughs> you know, because we were still we were still grinding it out on our own. So, you know, we were doing everything. Scott was doing acupuncture, mm-hmm. arts therapy. You know, I mean, we were we were just really getting after it as far as like, hey, how do we how do we get better? So we were still in the midst of a lot of our own healing at that time. So the big message that we had going out was uh, mainly the awareness, you know, I mean, that kind of piece. Um, Like you said, six, seven years, whatever's been later now, now that awareness has changed into a rehabilitation, recovery, living you know, that kind of aspect of it. Just like any, it always goes back to training, right? Anytime you're in training, it sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, if you're in good training, you know, it really sucks and you're just trying to get through it and do the best you can and thrive in that kind of environment. But it's only afterwards, you know what I mean? Whenever you get through the training and now, hey, you're out, out living and doing the job or doing what you've trained for and uh, that you gain more insight and mm-hmm. uh, better to articulate what it is that you went through. Gotcha. And uh, so that, back to your point of the original message was about awareness. And now after all that time, you know, because awareness without action or solution, you know, is is, is not the best. <laughs> so what about the awareness piece? Uh, you know, kind of what were, what were you guys trying to make people aware of? What we were trying to make people aware of at that time is that uh, is really what happens to the combat veterans, not just individually, but, you know, in that one, we had our families in there and stuff. And um, so that's uh, that's what we were trying to do is like, hey, aware of the struggles that go on uh, with combat veterans uh, and their family members. 
think that would be, be like the main push that we were trying to do. Gotcha. And it was it, I mean, I, I can't even imagine at the time, you know, the culture, you know, that you guys come from just the, and I mean, just the kind of the weight that you guys have on your shoulders, as far as the exercise that that was, uh, you know, for you and Scott to go out and essentially lead the charge on that as far as driving awareness on it. I, I can't imagine what that was like as far as like for you guys to get to that point and say, we really need to share this. Yeah. And what are driving factors in sharing, right? It's one thing going through the training, going through all the therapies, all this different stuff that we were doing, you know, that was all personal and kind of in-house, like no one in the world knew about that until we came out you know, and spoke about it. But the reason why we came out and spoke about it was because of all the principles that we had already learned in life, all the tools that we had. And that is when you're going through struggles, you talk about them, you know what I mean? And then always being of service. It's like, hey man, if we're sucking this bad, you know, how many thousands of other folks, you know, are out there also. So part of the tools that we learned in life is like, hey, how you make a better life for yourself is try to be of service to other people, you know what I mean? And sharing honestly, you know, what's going on. Um, so that was, it was because of our, our previous life experience that drove us into, Hey, we identified the problems in ourselves. We identified the problems in our community, unacceptable, uh, at a personal level. And then, you know, at a team level, as far as the whole community, it's like, yeah, man, we're not just going to be quiet about this. Like, cause that's when we found out about the veteran suicide rate, you know what I mean? Which wasn't known really at large scale at that time. And that's what drove us into kind of coming out and talking about it. It's like, Hey, number one, we had to, uh, through for, for our own personal growth. And then secondary, it's like, Hey, I'm in like, there's too many guys suffering and gals suffering in silence out there and just dying alone. Mm-hmm. Like not okay. So what else kind of went into, because I know there's a large piece of this too that is research-based, you know, as far as, you know, you for yourself, um, just learning more about it or or even comparative ways that the brain works and that kind of thing. What have have you put into kind of really learning more about what, you know, PTS is? Yeah, man. So I've, I've been studying it. A personal study, you know, of my own experience for quite some time, you know what I mean? Because I, I had some events happen to me young in life, you know what I mean? Uh, so I, I had to process all that kind of piece of it. So whenever it comes to post-traumatic stress, you know, I mean, what they, that's, that's what we call it. And then they add disorder on the end of it, you know, but it's, uh, it's like, okay, what is it? You know, and just kind of in layman's terms, like, hey, that so that everybody can understand. It's like, it's just unprocessed emotion. You know, it's from traumatic events. And traumatic is defined by the individual. Some things that were traumatic to me, like someone else, maybe yourself would have gone through it and been like, yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Kind of tough, but, you know, hey, moved right through it. So, you know, a traumatic event is defined by the individual. Um you know, so whenever it comes to, to those traumatic events, emotions, you know what I mean, get locked down inside. You know what I mean? It's just this big event, capital letters, bright lights, big pictures, you know, life-changing 
uh, and life-changing divide just internal it doesn't have to be external you know and um, so that kind of aspect happens and something happens with our physiology something happens with our mind our mind is always going to survive it is always going to protect itself so when this overwhelming event happens in my life um, that is affecting me physiologically psychologically mentally all that aspect the brain is just going to shut it down you know because hey we have to keep moving you know the whole food water shelter you know what i mean that kind of aspect is like hey we're going to put that in a nice little box and we're going to put it over here in the corner because we have to continue to go on that's what the brain does that you know i mean most of the time with most people automatically you know so but those things they don't get processed and so what's the what does it look like between like, hey, a traumatic event that's been processed and a traumatic event that hasn't, you know, and I'll just always use myself. It's like when my grandfather died, you know, that was a very traumatic event for me in my life. But uh, what that looks like processed is, is like, hey, I go through all the emotions, talk with the family members. We talk with them. I kind of make it make sense in my mind. Hey, you know, I make it all make sense. And I, and I process that. And, and if someone mentions my grandfather and I can talk about it and yeah, we can share about old times. We can laugh, we can cry. You know what I'm saying? It's, Mm -hmm. it's free, uh, to have a conversation about that. You know what I mean? Uh, now early on, you know what I mean? It was huge emotionally, all that stuff. Time is a part of it. But that, so that's a processed emotion, just like with me in a processed event, traumatic event that got processed in my life. I can talk about my grandfather, drop of a hat, laugh, cry. You know what I mean? It's wonderful. Now, an unprocessed would look like if you brought up my grandfather and like, hey, yeah, don't talk about that. You know what I mean? Or like, hey, not. You know, I mean, we need to be alone and kind of, does that make sense? I mean, yeah. just trying to give a big visual that a lot of people can experience is like, Hey, there's some things, they may be even a little bit rough to talk about. Like, ah, I'm going to get a little bit emotional and teary eyed, uh, versus like, Hey, yeah, we're not talking about that. And we all have those things, you know I mean? At some points in our lives, you know, of like where everybody's like, Oh, that's yeah that's unprocessed you know what I'm saying yeah. and I'm not going to process it right now you know what I'm saying that's what I'm initially telling someone when I say hey we're not talking about that I'm saying hey it's unprocessed and I'm not going to process it right now with you you know and um the thing about with a lot with some traumas and how deeply they affect people that's where psychologists come into play uh you know PhD good psychology you know what I mean kind of deal <laughs> it's just like kind of surgery you know what I mean you wouldn't go to you know what I mean? A, a non-surgeon to do surgery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So some, some people need help, uh, with processing trauma and some people don't, but that's, you know, really taking all the voodoo and all the complexities that everybody wants to talk about is that it's just like in layman's terms, it's like, Hey, yeah, man, is this, it's either processed or unprocessed. So what is the process of processing? Right. The thought? What does that even, what does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's multiple different, different ways. So, and there's different approaches, especially again, just keeping focus on post-traumatic stress, you know, as uh, so post-traumatic stress usually comes from two different ways. Uh, again, staying focused on traumatic, mm-hmm. post-traumatic. So it's like hey, a traumatic event occurs. Okay. Traumatic events happen to all people at all times that, um, but in focus of dealing with PTS, you really have to look at two categories. Um, and the two categories are, 
uh, was I a victim or was I a volunteer? <laughs> so a victim is just what it says. You know what I mean? Uh, somebody got raped, somebody got robbed, somebody got housebroken. You know what I mean? Someone was just minding their own business and this event happened. They are, an evict- they are a victim to the circumstances of what brought that about. A volunteer uh, would mainly uh, fall into the category of a profession, you know, whether that was a first responder or military where like, hey, they have volunteered to put themselves in a position for these traumatic events to occur, mm-hmm. you know, and combat's an easy one, you know, and um, so the reason why that's very important to identify is because the approaches to processing, back to your question, how are we going to process this? Mm-hmm. The approaches to processing are completely different. So if someone is a victim, I would approach them, you know, as a victim, like, hey, you know, this shouldn't have happened to you. This, you know, I mean, those kind of aspects of it. Whereas if you approach a volunteer as a victim, I'm going to get pissed off about it. It's like, I'm so sorry that these things happened to you. Like, well, yeah, I appreciate that. But like, hey, I volunteered to be there so mm-hmm. so it's really important that we when we begin the processing aspect of it is is that uh is that hey what's the approach that we're going to use who's in front of me is this a volunteer or is this a victim you know because that's how as a healer you know as someone that i'm going to try to help it's like i have to know my audience right i mean and, and that kind of aspect so those really are the two categories in processing of how i'm going to approach processing the healing gotcha and so as far as, I mean, what's what's the possibility that someone has trauma, both of a victim source and uh-huh. a volunteer source? I mean, is that something Absolutely. that crosses? And- yeah, there could be, because a lot, a lot of folks, you know what I mean, uh, a lot of times whenever the victim piece comes up, if they even if they weren't... Uh, like involved in something an adult, you know, I mean, it's like a, hey, being a child, you're a victim of everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're a victim of your circumstances. You're a victim of all of this. So that, you know what I mean? Just, just growing up, you know what I mean? Puts some people, as far as like you said, to have, being able to have both, mm-hmm. you know, that aspect of like, hey, these kind of things uh, happen in childhood that affected me kind of as a victim because as a child, there's no defense against mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff versus things that, uh, as an adult, you know, uh, does that make sense? Or? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, that definitely being a case where you could see people having, you know, you know, going through both types of, of stress or, or things that they're trying to put away and not think about or not address right. and that kind of thing. And see, and that's another thing that people, uh, you know, having the ability to compartmentalize trauma is a wonderful skill. You know what I mean? It's a natural skill. Some people are way better at it than others. You know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, a traumatic event occurs. Hey, we're going to box that up. You know what I mean? And we're going to put it over here on the side. And we're going to deal with that later because, hey, we got stuff to do. You know what I mean? So a lot of, uh, there's nothing wrong. That's a wonderful gift to have the ability to do that. The thing they don't tell you about the ability to compartmentalize and to go through with that is those all those boxes that you create and put over in the warehouse how big is your warehouse <laughs> you know what i mean cuz eventually uh all those compartmented events you know what i mean uh the warehouse gets full uh some people have a big warehouse some have a smaller one uh but it gets full and then whenever it gets full 
that's when the disorder piece comes into play because no longer then do I have the ability to take the compartmentalize stuff because I'm com trying to compartmentalize do all these tools that have worked my whole life mm -hmm. and uh, and you know hey put that box to the side but there's nowhere to put the box so mm -hmm. now I'm less with it and that's where you know um, the disruptive behavior comes from that's where the self-deprecation that's where I mean potentially chemical dependencies come into play or um, really just bad behavior and almost um, you know I mean creating self-destruction kind of aspect going on you know as a uh, and that's where because they mentioned the disorder piece mm -hmm. that's where that's where the disorder comes into play I mean that's pretty deep but you know <laughs> if you have a disorder it dis order you know mm -hmm. and uh so that's you know just identifying all those pieces and um and again i always like whenever talking about pts it's much like uh and i'm using just this as a side-by-side -side example is like uh, hey you fill out a questionnaire for pts it's like you know check the block kind of thing it's like okay hey you have some degree of post-traumatic stress going on in your life it's like okay been identified pts i like to compare it like with cancer it's like if you had if you've been identified with cancer docs comes to you and says like hey nate you've got cancer and you're like oh wow they don't say like hey here's your cancer pill mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's always the next question well what type of cancer mm -hmm what type of treatment you know is it in my lungs is it is in my lymph nodes is it in my pancreas you know what I mean it's like hey because there's a different approaches to healing right to each one mm -hmm. so for some reason we when it comes to PTS we just lump it all into one big thing like hey you have PTS here's your PTS pills here's this PTS thing it's like no one ever says well okay well you the same kind of questions when it came to cancer it's like okay well what what kind of PTS? You know, was I my victim or, we, or was I a volunteer? It's like, okay, how disruptive is it? In my, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like the questions, like the questions don't continue. They just kind of stop. So therefore they, we get into this cookie cutter healing system of like, okay, again, back to like, hey, here's your cancer pill. <laughs> and do you think that's just related to just the sheer amount of time that, I mean, is that from like even a research standpoint or like a medical research standpoint, is it what's what what would you attribute to that like why why is it in a cookie cutter stage at this point do you think i don't really know yeah. i mean i don't know if it's because like everybody's kind of working in silos mm -hmm. you know what i mean like hey um, this university is doing all these pts studies in this genre with these folks kind of deal hey this other one over here is dealing with the veterans it's almost like there's not a, a big sharing of information of like hey what are the common practices that are work it's almost uh, in my limited experience it's been that it's uh, people fall in love with their treatment protocols like uh, prolonged exposure therapy is the way to go for treating PTS combat veterans you know then other people will say hey you need testosterone and this will go you know what I'm saying so everybody falls in love with whatever their treatment plan is instead of just dealing with what you see you know it's like and hey what practices are going to work best I mean even whenever it comes to working out and stuff look at how you know just from a physical fitness perspective how we've evolved mm -hmm. into into common practices nowadays that are used by most mm -hmm. you know a lot of that hasn't happened um in the in this field and i don't and i don't really know why i don't know if 
just because we're not talking about it enough because we're not sharing those kind of practices. And, uh, but a lot of times it seems like they're trying to make it way more complicated. I mean, there are complex psychological issues, you know, extreme bipolar, chemical imbalances, uh, schizophrenia, you know what I mean? Psychopaths, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's some out there, but 80% rule, you know, hey, we're just dealing with functional people, uh, that are struggling with how to process emotions. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. And you've done extensive amounts of, you know, research and spent a ton of time. I, I'm just curious too, have you seen, cause you've done, you've looked back in, into like hundreds of years back. Yeah. It, has PTS been something that's been, you know, something that soldiers have dealt with dating back since there's been war yeah. or, or is that something that just, that it's been more recent? No, man, it's been forever. And, uh, that was part of my journey, 2010 and 2011, just my personal journey. Cause I am by nature, I'm a wired, like a, a fact finder. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want facts, you know what I mean? Because I can wrap my brain around them and everything. And, um, so whenever I was going through this, it's like, man, okay, I was going to cognitive therapy, psychological therapy. I mean, I was doing all the things that I need to be doing and it was working. It was good, but I'm just, I'm an all in guy. I mean, you know it. So I'm just like, Hey, what more can I find out about it? And, um, initially I found out in, uh, this book called war in the soul by Dr. Edward Tick. Um, uh, he wrote this book and I found this book. Uh, there at work and I was like yeah but what attracted me to it was uh, on the front of it was the cover of this guy with post-traumatic stress like Vietnam time frame it was this iconic picture you know at first of that kind of attracted it was like war in the soul okay that sounds like it might fit <laughs> you know and uh, I started reading it and um, in the short version of it or I try to keep it as short as I can is this this doctor was a uh, he was a psych you know in um, like in the 70s and with all these Vietnam vets and uh, in the VA system and, uh, and he's seen how the protocols they were using was like, Hey man, we're not helping these guys. So, uh, he took it on himself to study ancient cultures and to find out like, Hey, why did, as far as we know, why did these warrior kind of cultures, whether it was native American Indians, Spartans, you know, all these different folks, like how come they didn't appear to have these, uh, you know, I mean, all these big problems and, um, it's a great book, but, uh, the, I'm just going to bastardize it real quick, you know, and bring it out is the Cliff Notes version, I yeah. guess, is uh, is uh, two of the major things that were in there when it came to uh, the combat veterans uh, and the healing of it was, is like, and we'll just use the American Indians as a, as a point of reference, is, uh, you know, back in those days uh, when the warriors went off to fight, you know, another tribe that was coming, um, you know, if the warriors didn't, didn't go and fight them, you know, I mean, that whole tribe would get slaughtered you know, I mean, slavery, right? You know, I mean, just horrible stuff, right? So, so the warriors would go out and fight and prevent that from happening. Uh, but everybody knew that, hey, when someone experiences combat and they're taking human lives and they're experiencing their buddies getting killed, all that kind of stuff that we know is combat, when they come back, they're different. Uh, just, just like any other thing in life, like, hey, you experience big, heavy duty stuff, you're going to be different. So the two main things they had going on was, number one, they had the, uh, the warrior elders, you know I mean, the old warriors, you know, chief, many feathers hanging up, brave, one feather hanging down, you know what I mean? So they would, you know, they would take those young, inex- inexperienced to combat, you know, warriors, and they would, uh, 
they would take them under their wing, right? And so I would imagine the conversation would sound like this, like, uh, hey, they finish battle, they come back to the tribe, you know, and um, like, hey, you're going to have nightmares. Hey, you're going to be hypervigilant. Hey, you're going to feel like you don't fit in. Hey, you're going to have all these kind of crazy thoughts. It's okay. Like, we're going to talk about that stuff and we're going to keep training and we're going to work through it. And we're going to provide for the tribe. Everything that the warrior did, you know what I mean, in their community. So that was the main thing that they had at that time was these warrior elders, mentors, whatever you want to call it, you know. And um, and then, so that was on the warrior side. And then on the community side, um, the duty and responsibility of the community was to just provide relentless love and support and food and family and all that goes with it. And, uh, and so that's how the whole thing worked out. The community's job was not to fix the warrior. That was the elder warrior's job, you know, it just kind of made sense. You know I mean? They're qualified to do that. And then the community, you know what I mean? And again, back in those days, not one percent nowadays, 1% of the U S serves in the military so even I suppose that back then you know I mean if those warriors went to win and fought they you know I mean, they would all be mm-hmm. dead so there was that connection very close connection of thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. for real like and um real close to home right mm-hmm. and um so that was that was the two the warriors elders and the community so if you look at our problems that we have now um uh, most of our elders are the most screwed up <laughs> and, and, uh, and the community, you know, is what it is very far removed, you know, again, back to just the 1% serving, but so back to the ancient times, you know, I mean, they had t- those two things going on and where that all came together, uh, was around the campfire at night. Right. You know, I mean, they have TV, they have Internet, all that stuff. So what they did for entertainment and their history and teachings is they got around the fire at night and they told stories. Right. The warriors told tragic stories, stories of heroism, funny stories. You know, I mean, that's where everybody got together. And that's where, um, you know, the 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 burden uh, that the warriors uh, obtained from receiving, you know, from going into combat got shared with the community in which they went and fought for. Mm-hmm. So the the key element uh, in my, not in just in my understanding, but in my experience, the key element is that a warrior cannot heal without the relentless love and support and understanding of the community in which they fought for. Like veterans helping veterans, hey, that's great. There's no healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that, and this is the experience, I'll say me and you are combat veterans. So my my cup is three-quarters filled, a combat experience. Yours is three-quarters filled, a combat experience. I'm having a rough day. You know, I'm like, hey, Nate, I'm kind of sucking. Come on over. And he's like, oh, my way. You know, you come to the house. We sit around. We talk. Maybe we don't. You know what I mean? We, we just hang out. And then, uh, so what I'm doing is I'm dumping some of my stuff that's bothering me into your cup, mm-hmm. but you only have a quarter left, you know what I mean? You don't have a lot of room, but you take it, you know, and, uh, and I feel better. And then you go back home and it's like a month later, you call me and it's like, uh, Hey man, yeah. Having a rough day. I'm like, Hey, yeah, on my way. Come, we hang out, do whatever, you know, kind of let it ride. You pour some back in me and then, uh, good. Yep. I head back home. So relief occurs in me and you sharing and combat veterans experience sharing, but no healing. 
right? No, no healing. The only way that healing occurs is that now we introduce a member of the community who has zero combat experience, right? Their combat experience cup is empty. So whenever we share those kind of stories, you know, that are, that are really bothering us on the inside and I pour some of that into their cup, uh, 2%, 5%, whatever, just a, just a little bit, you know, into that cup, they leave with it. Like they can handle it because it's, they won't need to give it back to me. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's forever now theirs and now my cup is lessened. So, uh, so that was all theory, right? That was all the stuff read at a book, all those different things. And then, um, it's like, okay, uh, smart guy, you know, meaning myself <laughs> is like, uh, now it's time to put it to the test. And, uh, so, Hey, does this theory. So I had all my facts together, you know what I mean? All this course of action of like, wow, it's like, Hey, will this work in current day? And again, none of that was anybody's new understanding. Like, Hey, that's what ancients mm-hmm. did. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like, okay, so it's time to put it to the test. So, uh, it's 2012 time frame in a cave out at Rock Castle, Kentucky, Rock Castle Shooting Center, you know, with our buddy Nick and Nate Noble. Uh, we did the first, what we called at the time, the veteran experience. And uh, I was the number one guy, you know, because I had all this information. I got to go first, you know. And um, so what we did is we had a, uh, we went down in this cave and I was terrified of doing this, by the way. Uh, because I'd never allow, you know, back to unprocessed emotions is, uh, you know, any time that that wartime stuff uh, or those big traumatic events, you know, unprocessed start welling up inside of me, you know, they get about to my throat level and push it back, lock it down. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> dry it up, let's go, you know? And uh, so I'd never really fully experience what that would be like because I never knew, you know, hey, would I get violent? Would I just get like weepy? Would I go fetal in the corner? You know, I, mean, I had no idea. I'd never allowed myself to feel uh, that story, you know? And um, so I had it all set up. I uh, had a couple of, couple of buddies of mine Brian and Larry, you know, cage fighters had them sitting next to me. It's like, hey, if I get up, man, just lock me down because I, I was really afraid, man. And uh, so in the audience, we had uh, trusted members of the community, you know, that we had Scott and I were doing a, uh, you know, a fun and gun with folks, you know, and, um, and we were just going to do this experience. So how we set it up was uh, we read an award uh, that I had gotten, you know, um, and, uh, and it said, hey, yeah, that award is true and proud of it all of that piece y'all have heard this before you've news movies all that kind of stuff it's like uh now i'm gonna tell you the rest of the story you know and uh the part that's not in this award and um which was always always the loss you know it's never about like me or or the combat veteran oh i did this and the killing and the horror and all no it's never it's always about the buddies getting lost or the stuff that didn't fit and uh so I went on and for the next, I think it was about an hour and a half of just blood. I mean, it was snot bubble. It was ugly. It was, it was horrible. It was one of the most horrible experiences of my life, <laughs> but it was, uh, but again, we were proofing this tactic technique, you know, you got to proof it. Yeah. And, um, so I did it, you know, and I ran through it and there's rules of engagement. You know what I mean? It's not a Q and a or anything. It's just, Hey, the members of the community are there to receive the story and um and that's it 
you know what I mean? And whenever I start talking, I start. When it, whether it's five minutes or five hours, like, hey, that we're going to go. So it's about an hour and a half. And uh, so I finished getting out whatever it was I needed to get out, you know, about that story. And um, and we left the cave. And when we left the cave, come up and out of the cave, you know, we had a bonfire going. Uh, had some drinks there for the folks. And uh, just, you know, had music going. So, hey, we just kind of left everything down in the cave, that experience, and kind of transitioned back up into living. You know what I mean? Back into that way of life. And uh, so we did it. And uh, and it worked. Uh, so at the end of that experience, again, it was horrible. You know what I mean? Again, I, I shared things that I had never shared uh, in full. You know what I mean? When I say in full, meaning like I felt them. Like I had verbalized them to a psychologist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I had, you know, verbalized and done different techniques, but I haven't really sat down with other human beings and like, hey, this is what happened to me uh, from my perspective. And, um, and through that process, you know, and all those feelings of all those emotions, that was, that was processing. That was one technique, you know what I mean, of processing it. And then afterwards, we came back up out of the cave, engaged back in life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, of course, there was a lot of really quiet stuff, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they... <laughs> Cause they were mainly feeding off of me like, okay, one minute you were just down there ripping your soul apart, you know what I mean? And all this, like, Hey, how are we supposed to act like him? And, uh, so it was on me to be like, Hey, I'm okay. You know what I mean? Hey, we can, we can have fun. You know what I mean? Like we can, so it kind of lightened up and everybody was good, but you know, they were just, they'd never heard anything like that before. Cause veterans don't ever talk about like that, mm -hmm. that stuff. And, uh, and so that was the first one and it was good. And it was like, okay, well one time it's just one time, you know? And, um, so, but I needed to get the, uh, so I, my experience was it was healing. I mean, I knew it was, I mean, I wasn't like great afterwards, but I could tell something had happened and I was a little bit lighter, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I told this story, you know, and, uh, so then it was, okay, what did, what was it like from, the community member uh perspective and so had good buddy of a uh, good buddy of ours at the time jeremy jeremy parker uh and his wife miranda you know they were there it was just a couple of days later you know i asked him it's like hey man what was uh what was it like you know being a member of the community because uh jeremy's not you know a com he was in a combat veteran and a amazing three-gun guy awesome dude <laughs> you know he's my friend so he's being honest with me and um and he said uh He's like, well, to be honest, I'm a little bit pissed off about it. I was like, what? You know, I wasn't expecting that. And uh, he said, yeah, man. I was like, well, what do you, you know, okay, do tell. You know, what <laughs> What do you mean? And it's like, it's like, man, it's like you infected me. And uh, I was like, okay, uh, well, all right, what do you mean? And it's like, uh, so... Uh, the, so the story is, is that, you know, he went uh, to back to his company and we had asked the the members of the community that are there. It's like, hey, uh, we want you to talk about this experience and the why that this experience occurred. Um, but we actually leave the details of the story, you know, in the cave, you know, or, or with themselves. Hey, those are just personal to you. Uh, so leave the details out about the story, but talk about the experience. So Jeremy being a, you know, credible friend is going to be like, all right. Tom Scott asked me to do this, like, I'm going to do it. And, uh, 
so he said he went and um, gathered around some of his employees and he's going to talk about the experience and uh, and as soon as he started to talk about it he started getting choked up and uh, you know Jeremy's not a guy that gets choked up easily you know and um, so he kind of, kind of got it back together and tried to continue on you know talking about it and uh and couldn't just kind of send them on their way you know and uh and upset it you know he was upset you know but I was like what the that's where it went back to like hey you infected me you know what I mean kind of so just like what that proofed out was is that just like the combat veteran you know that experiences combat is forever changed you know the community members of the community that he, that hear those real heart wrenching stories you know about the human experience of it they too are forever changed you know so that's how that burden truly gets shared uh, because everybody gets emotional at a emotional story you, you know what I'm saying but then you go on with your day and like yeah whatever you know very few times are there things that is like okay that changed me like I can't even begin to talk about it without getting teary eyed again like how does that happen you know, and it's through that process um, that that happens. So I've, what I've done, uh, I've got a three-day story, you know what I mean, that, I, that I've told 10 times now <laughs> since then, you know, over the years. And each time I tell it, I can get a little bit further in the story. The parts that used to just lock me down and like, okay, I'm getting ready to talk about this one part. It's going to freaking crush me. Um, it didn't crush me. You know, I mean, it was emotional as it always is supposed to be, but it went so I could get deeper into the story deeper. And the end goal is, is that, okay, what's the point of it? The end goal is, is that, uh, is that eventually it just turns into a story, Hmm. emotional one, you know, it's always going to be emotional, supposed to be, but it's always a story of these heroes, you know what I mean? That have done the, these events in combat. You know, it's never about me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the 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 thing about it is, is that if I don't tell that story, that story never gets told. Because usually in epic stories, there's only a handful of folks at most that actually know what happened on the ground in that moment. Well, most of those, most of those epic stories that I mean we would still be singing hymns about them and stuff like that. If they were known to all Mm -hmm. die with combat veterans because they're unprocessed, they can't talk about them. I couldn't talk about them. You know, I'm now I'm just at the point where I can almost tell that a story. And that was six years of getting after it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot of work. It's not like, okay, I do share this one little story one time and Hey, I'm all better. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's ongoing. And, um, so I did it. Scott's done it. Zach's done it. Magnus has done it. These different combat veterans in the same venue, always with the same results. Hmm. And that's where healing occurs and the community member shares the burden. You know what I mean? As forever changes and knows that story. You know what I mean? So it's the concept has been proofed out. You know what I mean? And it's a practice that we do at Warrior's Heart. And Warrior's Heart, we call it a Warrior's Experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we still do them. You know what I mean? Whenever we're doing those kind of events. And then obviously we do them at Warrior's Heart and creating it as part of the culture. Yeah. And, um, and again, the, the why do it? You know, why do it is for healing for the community members actually knowing what it's all about, you know what I mean? And actually knowing what folks truly went through. 
uh, and telling the stories of those heroes, you know what I mean? So they don't die. You know what I mean? How many just epic stories died with World War II vets, mm-hmm. Korean vets, you know, Vietnam vets? And I understand why, you know what I mean? Because I was like that too. It's like, hey, I couldn't tell that story, man, without like just being devastated. I mean, it would just come out in that ugly kind of crying every four or five words things that no one else could understand you know (laughs) it's like horrible Mm -hmm. so that's you know when I talk to other combat veterans you know and it's like man why why do I why do I why would I subject myself to feeling those horrible emotions and then with people that I don't really know who you know I mean like why would I do that and it's like hey man so we can tell their stories that's how we honor because all you know veterans are all about honor right honor honor hey we honor our dead and it's like yeah are you that that's my question is like yeah hey we you know we we honor our dead by the lives we live you know and then it's like hey am i in the and always the lives we live if you're honoring someone you're usually talking about them a good bit mm-hmm. you know what i mean like so hey am i am i doing that and um it's very difficult, you know what I mean? I'm not putting that on, hey, just start telling your story, man. You know, it's like, a, right. but there's a purpose for it, you know what I mean? Because otherwise the story dies with you. How mm-hmm. dishonorable is that to the memory of those, you know? So, and then that, only veterans can say that to other veterans, you know? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, a, that's again part of the, the warrior elder kind of piece. And by default, you know, I'm a warrior elder, you know what I mean? Because I'm still alive and, you know, and trying to get after it. By default, I'm, I'm one of the guys, you know, and, uh, not self-proclaimed, just, just there. It's just facts. It's just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I love about the rock castle stories are the concept of the cave itself. And I know that's big for you. I know you're a big cave guy. So yeah. the, what, just the, the practice of how that happens, you know, in such an intimate setting. Um, and then after the experience itself and everyone kind of goes out outside and, and has your kind of gathering and that kind of thing after it's always it has kind of like a, a reborn sort of effect and that you're kind of re coming back out into the world. Um, and not that you're, you're not burying it something, but you are coming out and back into the world, you know, different, than, than you were when you went in and before the experience itself. Absolutely. For, and like you said, from a visual, from a physical mm-hmm. perspective, you know what I mean? And and we do that. Obviously, the cave is the perfect right. piece. You know what I mean? That is just a rock castle. That's that's <laughs> the perfect one. But we don't always have the cave, but we always set those events up where it's someone, it's somewhere sacred, mm-hmm. dark, secluded. You know what I mean? And there's always a transition meaning a physical like to your point it's very important to have you know what i mean because that's a that's a really raw you know what i mean setting so it's important to have all these factors you know in these tactics and techniques is to maximize those events but absolutely you know what i mean having that physical physicality to it mm-hmm. is very important gotcha and just as kind of we come to a close with all of, uh, you know, with this really important episode and content that you've gotten to share, what would you leave people with as far as even members of the community, members of, you know, the veteran community? What What is it that you would, you know, kind of leave people with at this point? So with the veteran community, the message would be that if you're struggling with things in your life as relates to post-traumatic stress, 
there's many ways to get help. Uh, and when I say help, meaning like, hey, man, you don't have to tank out. <laughs> you know, you can identify the problem early on. And there's many different non-intrusive methods to do that. So with the veteran community, like, hey, if you need help, uh, seek it. Also, uh, with the veteran community is like, hey, there's a lot of guys that don't need help. You know what I mean? They have these abilities to process stuff on their own and be okay with what other people think is traumatic and, oh, they're probably struggling with it. They, you know what I mean? They may not be. You know what I mean? So obviously, there's if there's no work that needs to be done, not everybody has to do it. You know, and then with the veteran community, the one thing that I would really want to change the narrative on uh, is is that... Is that, you know, everybody always says, hey, man, if you need something, reach out, right? Hey, man, why don't they just reach out? Like, hey, reach out. Okay, so I'm speaking specific to the veteran, combat veteran community right now. And that is, is that, and I always use myself, right? It's like, okay, the selections, the schools, you know, all the different things that I've been through prove two things. They prove a lot of things, but we'll just stick with two. And the two main things that by completing all that different stuff is number one, I'll never quit, <laughs> right? Number two, I'll never ask for help, right? That's, those, all those schools and all those things verify that at a DNA, at a cellular level, like, hey, I'm not going to do it. So as a veteran and one of those guys, how does that make sense for me to say, hey, bro, if you need help, reach out? Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, hey, the narrative needs to be like, hey, yeah, don't ask your brothers to reach out to you. You should be constantly reaching out to your brothers. You see, I mean, it has to change. You know what I mean? We have we have to change that piece of it. Like I, when I find myself saying to someone, hey, man, if you need something, let me know. Now, there's an appropriate time for that. You know, if they're not struggling too bad, you know what I'm saying? If they're like, Hey, just normal me and you, it's like, Hey, Nate, you need something. Let me know. And you're like, okay. But if I know that someone is not in the greatest of places and I say, Hey, if you need something, reach out to me, I know that I'm wrong. I should immediately translate that in my head, like put it on my list. Like, Hey, yeah, I'm reaching out to Tom. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm checking in you know, and that's what we did in the military too, you know, so that's one of the big things that I would, I would say as far as on the combat veteran aspect of it is like, hey, it's all about living, man, it's about like, hey, how do I enhance my life, you know, attack the civilian life the same way that you attack your military life, learning, training, you know what I mean, being all that you can be in all that stuff, then the community, you know, the community is the big thing with them is just like, hey, man, just, again, reach out. And when I say reach out, it's like, hey, you don't have to be a part of a cause. You don't have to be like join all these things. Hey, if you want to, that's great. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But like every everyone out there, for the most part, has combat veterans in their community. They have veterans in their community, whether it's in their gym, whether it's in their church, whether it's in their a neighborhood, whatever it is, it's like, hey, go offer to have a cup of coffee. Like, hey, gonna take you to lunch. Hey, have a conversation. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, reach across and say like, hey, uh, not try to fit again back to the community. It's not 
job to like get into anybody's business not saying like hey have deep dark secrets you know and be a psychologist for them it's like no just offer human kindness just offer companionship and like a friendship you know it's like hey appreciate what you did for me and my family you know and uh like to have, buy a cup of coffee mm-hmm. have a conversation would you like that and and that's very disarming to veterans, you know, because you get some veteran that's wearing some veteran T-shirt, you know what I mean? And it's like big beard, you know what I mean? Acting all veteran-like. <laughs> and uh, and for a community member, meaning a civilian, to come up to him and say, like, hey, man, you know, thanks for what you've done. And uh, and I really would just like have a cup of coffee and, I don't know, get to know you a little bit if you'd like. That's disarming as hell, you know what I mean? And be like, well, okay, you know, <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, that's that's what I'd like to leave uh, leave with with both members of it. You know what I mean? Of just like, hey, you know, just just get involved, just be a human. Mm-hmm. You know, awesome. A great close to to another good session. Um, you know, of the original Freedom Podcast. As we wrap this up, uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are, like us, share our stuff, comment below. Please give us some feedback. And uh, for Tom, I'm Nate, and uh, we'll see you next time.